Okay. Zara Shimshin Parshas Vaira. So we're going to do the, the latter half of a, mom, a, a monster mam drush. It's drush number three on the parsha. But we're going to only be doing the, the second half, the last three pages of it. Um, and we're going to be starting, look at the handout, it's the bottom left corner of the paragraph, okay? And we're going to be talking about the point of the makos. I think there's so much thought, so much discussion, how each one related, different things that Paro did, how there are punishments for different things, but just the way he spins this creatively. So many chidushim upon chidushim and finding layers and layers of, of meaning here and what the punishments that came to Paro, it's, it's really good to see. So what he's going to start with is that there are five senses and Paro was punished with five senses and for the, as punishment for the five senses, each of the makos we're going to see is going to relate specifically to, to, to the senses. Two makos per sentence. That's the idea of the way it works. So bottom left paragraph. For Oyedi Shleimar, one can also suggest. We're familiar that Paro sins, he says, with all five senses. The sight, the hearing, the smell, the taste, and the touch. All five senses, Paro was sinning against HaKadosh Baruch Hu and against Kalei What are they? Let's begin. How did Paro sin with his sight? So, he says Paro's main first tactic in Parsha Shmos is that he gave an evil eye towards Klal Yisrael. He says, let's outsmart Klal Yisrael because pen yirbe, they're going to become so many. What happened? What was the main, the main thwarting of Paro against the numerous numbers of Jews? How did Paro deal with it? Vayakutsu. The Pasuk says, Vayakutsu. The Mitzrayim, Vayakutsu, Mabnei Bnei Yisrael. What does it mean, Vayakutsu? How do you translate that word? So I think most people would translate it literally like that the Mitzrayim became disgusted. Vayakutsu. Like they, could, they were like repulsed. Because of Klal Yisrael. But the Medrash says, and Rashi quotes it, that they made the Jews into little, little, little kaitzim. Kaitzim are like little thorns, like little nothing, like not even a leaf, you know, like a little thorn that's lying on the ground, you barely notice it. By Akutzim Yisrael means, where Rashi is quoting for the Medrash, that the Mitzra made Klal Yisrael into thorns. So meaning we had a problem. Klal Yisrael is growing and they're numerous and their mamish being successful. So what did they do? In their eyes, in the, in, the, in the way Mitzrayim envisioned, the way that they saw Klal Yisrael, they saw them as if they were thorns. And by doing that, they were able to harm us. And he doesn't elaborate upon this, but it's a very deep Indian of Kabbalah over here, what he's saying, is that by, by, by giving, inflicting us with this evil sight, by an eye in horror, by looking at us as nothing, he actually was able to harm us. And that's a very interesting concept. That the way that somebody looking at you with that iron horror that's able to harm you, and that's what it means, that they were able to look at us like kaitzim. So that's where the way power sinned against us with his power of sight. With the sense of hearing, Omar, and this is what we're familiar with from last week's parasha, it's going to come up again this week. He says, Who is Hashem? The beginning of the Pasuk says, Who is Hashem that I should listen to his voice and send them out? Right? He says, I don't know Hashem. What does it mean, I don't know Hashem? Yadati can mean no, like intellectually, but Yadati implies something more, more here. Amr Medrash, Amr, what does it say in the Medrash? He never heard this name of Hashem, meaning, and he never referred to him, he never had in speech that he was called the king of the world. Meaning to say that Paro rejects this notion that HaKadosh Baruch Hu in conversation is the master, the controller, the king of the world. So there it's a sin with Ishmael. Most people in the world have conversations by which they take in information, process information, put back information back out, relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as being the master of the world. Paro not. Paro sins with Ishmael 
You know, I never heard from an Abishta this way. It never came up in, into my ears. So that's how he sins with his hearing. With the sense of smell, and this possibly is going to be a very important possibly. So we're going to, going to pause here for a moment to make sure we know the context. The context is the end of Parsha Shemos, when Dasan and Aviram basically say to Moshe Rabbeinu, all you've done is make things worse. Moshe went to Paro and he asked for things to be given, to be, things to be lightened for Klaiso to go free. What does Paro respond? I'm going to make it worse. Now you have to make your own bricks. So the response of, 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 of Dasan and Aviram is, Atem hiv ashtem esrechenu What have you done? You've made us smell You've made our smell become really disgusting in the Ene Paro. So what it means, and we'll have to understand what exactly that Nusach is, we're going to come back to this in the Mimer, but for right now, all we have to see is that there's a bad smell and that that reaches Paro's nostrils, so to speak, that there's a sin in the Reach. There's a Reach of the Yid, and we're going to come back to that again. What is the Reach here of the Yid? But if that somehow Paro is smelling and he can't, he's just, all he does is smell our bad smell. So that's the sin of smell. What's the taste? The sense of taste. So this is easy. The Pasuk and Parshas Balotchem and Klai Yisrael complain about the man. They say, we remember back in Mitzrayim, we had fish for free. So the Medrash says, what do you mean? You think Paro was standing there dishing out salmon to every Jew? You think that's what happened? If he was too cheap to even give them straw for free, you think he's giving them actual fish to eat? There's no way that that can be. So Rashi already explains that it doesn't mean that. That's not what the, the idea of, 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 of a Bachina means. Of course, it must be that their food was rationed to them. It was very miserly and afflicted, so on and so forth. I was taka pshat of chinam. So you take a look at Rashi. Rashi says they were chinam and have mitzvahs. That meaning they didn't have any of the burdens of keeping mitzvahs. When we, when we may have struggled to get our fish, when we sat down and ate our fish, we didn't have any mitzvahs, we didn't have to make any brachas, we didn't have to do anything. That's what they were saying. But they didn't have an easy time obtaining that fish. It doesn't mean Paro gave it out to them for free. So that's for sure true. And he brings a proof to this. From a Gemara and Saita, Shari the Nashim Sidkanius, it says for the very, the very righteous women, they had a lot of things we never would have gone through Mitzrayim without the schusim of the Nashim Sidkanius. The Gemara tells us about different ways where there was, this was manifest. But one of them that the Gemara tells us is that Hashem prepared in their jugs when they would go draw water, what would come up? Not just plain water, it would be a It was like a miracle that they would draw water and in the water would be fish that they were able to eat. So that was the way that Klaus was supported. That's where the Daga came from. Gemara and Saita says. So look at that. If the Jewish people were being fed good meals by Paro, they wouldn't have needed the miracle. Clearly, if the Gemara and Saita is pointing out how miraculous it was that they were obtaining the fish while they were drawing the water, obviously Paro was not uh, giving them sufficient supply of food. So clearly we see he, by denying them food, he's sitting with the, with the sense of taste. Now we get to the last one, Bachush. Hamishosh, the sense of Tosh. What does the Pasuk say? By Yuku that uh, there were taskmasters of Paro that appointed the kapos of the Jews and they would hit the Jews who weren't working. So hitting somebody, beating somebody, that's clearly the sense of, the sense of touch. So there we go. Paro is sins with all of the five. And when we think of five senses, the point is like everything. All that a person brings, all your energies, everything that Paro had, he was sitting against Claudius. So now this is where things get very creative. We have idea that there were 10 makos. Connected each of the five senses, he received and he's suffering from two plagues. Two plagues per sense. Now we've got to be creative. We've got to go through each sense 
and figure out how there's two of the makas that correspond to them. And obviously, even afterwards, you want to figure out why is there two? Why not just have five makas? One, we'll get to that as well. Everything's going to have meaning here. So he starts first. The first one about sight, the sight one is obvious. The first one is Chayshech. That's the whole point, that they couldn't see. Paro sinned with his sight, and then he couldn't see. Vegam, Makas Ha'arov, so too by Arov. One of the inyanim of Arov, when they came, all the wild animals come, the Mpasek makes a specific point of saying, what does it say? I'm going to set the land of Goshen apart. Like meaning it's going to remain distinct. That there, there's not going to be an Arov. There'll be an Arov everywhere else. But the Samti Padus, that there's going to be something, the fleets by Yimu, there's going to be Goshen, is going to be separate. The Samti Padus, and there'll be some clear place where Klai Yisrael is being saved between my people and your people. So what is the point of this? The point is, It was with their eyes. It was something very unique to Arov that they were able to see the difference. Now, I'll be honest with you, I think I've, I've struggled a little bit in the Pesukim. Why was Arov more apparent that it was distinct in the land of Goshen versus all the other Makos? Why is Arov singled out in the Pesuk as the thing that capitalizes on, on the difference, the highlights, the contrast? You know, here you're going to see the wild animals and there you won't see the, the wild animals. Can I, can't you say that about other Makos as well? Is there maybe something about the appearance of the wild animals which made it harder to understand why they were only here and not there? I don't know, something to think about. But what here he's coming from is simply the fact that the Pasuk notes it only by Arav. By Arav, the Pasuk is being madish, or the Pasuk is emphasizing the Indian of Hafla, not just that it didn't affect B'nai Yisrael. That, that can say, it says by all the Makas, you know, oh, it, it, they had blood and we had water. Fine, say it, that's what it says. Those are the facts, we had water. Here there's a different Indian. It's the Indian from Hafla that you could see, you see the distinction. This is like, it's like a, di- a demarcation. Klal Yisrael is saved. You see, you see the wild animals there, you don't see it there. So by noting that Lashon of Hafla, he's saying that's Mida Kenega Mida. You can't see, you're trying to hurt us with your Koach of seeing. Now your eyes are going to be forced to see the separation and how distinct Klal Yisrael is. So those are the two Makas so far for seeing. Makas Choshech, the easy one, and Makas Arov, a little bit more difficult, but again, relating to the power of sight. Now we move on to hearing. Kenegeda Oizen. So he says as follows. Ha'ilem Koyleis Elaikim Ubarad. In the Makkah of hell, very interesting. What does the Pasuk say? So there's so many underrated themes in the Makkahs. This is one of them. I actually had to look up the Pasuk. I'm like, yeah, it says it that way. Interesting. I didn't even notice this. That there were crazy sounds of thunder there with the bar. So it's a whole underrated theme with the bard. It's not just that it's howling. I mean, howling itself is loud, but here it was Kailas Alaikim. It was godly thunder. So it's very much loud noises, thundering throughout the land of its tribe. And the other one, Makas Bachoros, Makas Bachoros, what does the Pasuk say? It says that there was this huge outcry in the land of Mitzrayim. So it's another, again, underrated, that the theme of Makas Bachoros was not only that the firstborn died, but that there was this huge outcry throughout the land. It was, it was, this, it was this deafening noise which everybody was forced to hear. So Paros sins with his ears, and Kenegad that he has to hear the, the, the godly thunder, and Kenegad that he hears the great outcry in Makas Bachoros. Now, moving on. Corresponding to the nose, to smell. So he starts with dever. So this is a good, I never, I, I wasn't aware of this. He says, it is known. So I, I, was, I, was, I was interested. I didn't, you, could have, you know, is this medical? Is this spiritual? Is there some medrash I'm not aware of? It seems like he's just saying this on a medical point. It is known. Where is this disease transmitted? The disease that makes animals die. Where does it come from? Bar minon, that's just a lesson of like chas v'shalom. Bar minon, except for us, meaning 
he's talking about bad things. So he like he's he's putting in parenthetically. Not this should never happen to us. Meipush ha'avir. It comes from trans, It comes. It comes from the contaminated air. Meaning it's something you breathe in. It's in the air. So I don't know exactly. I'm not aware of a medrash that's like that. Maybe he meant more scientifically. But he was saying is that the dever was something that was in the air, something that they were taking in with their nostrils, which was affecting the animals. So that's connected smelling. The gamba makas had and the second one is from the maka of frogs. What does the pasuk say? All the, the the frogs were there, and they obviously were annoying. But again, underrated theme. What happened when the frogs die? They have nowhere to put them. So they piled up in, in heaps and heaps. And the land of Mitzrayim stinks. So where we go, that's connected the, 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 the smell. So we have one thing is that the devil isn't taken through the contaminated avir, that they're breathing in the, the, the disease. And number two is the macro frogs where the public mentions that in the aftermath, when they die, then now the whole land stinks. Number four, corresponding to the sense of taste here. That's easy. This one is actually a flow is the best. Eating, there are two things which are about eating. Dam, that they couldn't drink the blood. Obviously, the Pasuk mentions they couldn't drink the water from the river. They got makas ha'arba. And the locust, what does the Pasuk say? What was bad about the locust? It's not just a monetary loss. It's more than that. It was that they ate all the grass of the land and that they weren't able to, uh, there, was not, there was no greenery, no asif, no vegetation which remained, and they didn't have anything to eat. So the Egyptians are deprived of their sense of taste in Dam and in Arba. That fits very well. And then finally, number two, Kenegar Chosh Mishmush, corresponding to the sense of touch. Also, there were two things which were skin, which affected the way that their skin felt. What was it? Shechin Pireach, the maka of the boils, right? The skin has blisters all over it. Pretty simple one, straightforward. Umakas Kinem, maka of Kinem. It affects their bodies, right? They had these things, creepy crawly things that, that wouldn't leave their body. So those are two which directly are affecting the sense of touch. So let's just make a summary of that. I think... Not, I'm not sure if I'm taking a poll, but I, I, felt, I felt like seven of the ten went in really easy. Three of the ten felt a little bit forced, as he was saying it. But let's go over what the, what, what the, how it relates. What are the ten makos and how they related? So let's just do it quickly. We have seeing. What is seeing? Arov, which is a little bit hard because you have to see the difference between Goshen and the other ones. And then Chosha. That's pretty straightforward. We have the Oizen, the hearing. In the, in, the, in the Makkah of Barah, they heard the thunderous sounds of the, of the Ebishtah. And also in Makkah's Bacharis, it says that there was this huge outcry that, that from all the people screaming in the land of Mitzrayim. Then we have the nose, the smell, because the dever, the animals, were breathing in the contaminated air. And in the frogs, when they died, it says that the land stinks. That it goes for the smelling. For the mouth, for the ability to taste, that's dam, where they couldn't drink the water. And it's for Arba, where it ruined all the food supply. They didn't have what to eat. And finally, for the sense of touch, there we have shechin, which affected the boils on the skin, skin condition, basically. And we have kinim, which was the lice, which did not leave their skin, again, affecting the sense of touch. So we have, for each sense that power was sinned with, we have two makas that correspond. So he now explains, why do you need two makas? Why don't you have the question? Very good. We see all of them being punished, but why do you need two? What's the Indian of two? So let's go. Why is it that power was punished with each plague for, 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 for twice? He's quoting a medrash when he's talking about Arov. And the medrash is, it says, I'm going to send against you. So the medrash asks a question. Where did the beast come from? Like where, 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 what was the source of the beast? Where, did the, where are they coming? Rabbi Akiva Omer Milamala Umilamata. 
there were beasts that came from the land and there were beasts that came from above, from Shemayim. What does that mean? The Pasha Pshat in the Medrash is that they had, you know, the coyotes, the lions, the tigers. Those are the easy ones you hear about it. But you didn't hear about all the vultures, right? You didn't hear about all the, all the birds, all the dangerous birds that were swarming down upon them from heaven and coming and attacking them. And that's the point, that the attack on Panparo was not only from one direction. It was Milamala Umilamata. Now, you would think of that as like a very practical point, you know, that animals can come, some of them descend from heaven, some of them come from, from, from earth. But what he's going to do is that he's going to blow that up into a concept. This is very creative. And a lot of it is not going to actually be in his text. We're going to have to think ourselves. Let's see if we can do this. It's not easy. So here we go. The oinish was kafal. The punishment is double. Because the judgment was against Hashem and against the earth. So I think what he means in that line, and this is a deep line, is that, well, who is power sinning against? Obviously the Eidushka, because he thinks you can control. When you're trying to control other people, it's against HaKadosh Baruch. But again, HaKadosh Baruch said time after time, and power said, who's God? So he's sinning against the Eidushka. That's one. But he's also just not a mensch. He's a horrible person. He's sinning against people. So it's an affront to Keneged Shamayim, and it's an affront to Keneged Bnei Adam. So Paro's punishment that he gets for the Makas is twofold. He's punished every time something from heaven, for the me for corresponding to the way that he was murdered against the Abishtah, and he's punished one thing from the land, something that comes from down here, which relates to the way that he was dealing horribly with people. So in Arov, it's very clear. You have animals that come from the ground, that's Mida Mida and you and then you have the animals which are descending from heaven. That's that's that that's that's between him bin Adam Lamakum, between him and Hashem. So that's his taichan, why you need the double punishment in Aro of animals coming from both. So now he, he, he broadens it. For every plague, what do we assume? That every theme is really, every, like we're saying, there's five times two. Each of it, what happens is there's one from down here on earth and there's one that's from heaven. The Torah shows us this idea by one of the plagues. It showed it to us by Arov. But what it's doing is you have to understand that it's a concept. That throughout all the makos, there are some that come from the ground and there are, come that, there are some that come from the heaven. And the idea is now we understand why Paro is punished twice for each sense. He, each sense, he's going to receive a punishment from heaven and he's going to receive a punishment here from down below. Now, ready for the hard part? He doesn't fill in the blanks with you. So now what do we have to do? We have to do that, Vaita. We have to learn. We have to go back. Let's see if we can do it. He, he spoke out how two makas corresponded to each one sense. Now we have to go back to those in our minds and figure out how from them, one of them was minah shamayin and one of them is minah aretz. And if we could do that, that's a masterpiece of creativity. Because again, it's, it's not just that each one of the senses is being punished, but it's twofold. His titan twofold is that power was called just as we see by Arav that there were two sources, one from heaven and one from here. So too, every single sense had a punishment where it happened. So let's try to go. Let's go through one by one. What was sight? Sight was Choshech and Arav. So Lechayr, very glad. What's Choshech? Choshech is minah shamayim. Right, that's what it is. It's, it's, uh, it's that there's no light. Instead, there's only darkness. That's been Hashemayim. And what's Arov? Essentially, then most of the animals, except for the, for the birds, but most of the Arov was, was from down here on the land. So one was Menashe and one was Menashe Aretz. That one, that one seems pretty straightforward. Now let's go on to hearing. So what was the hearing? It was the godly thunder, the, the crashing thunder that happened by Barad, and it was the outcry of Makas Bechor. So again, the godly thunder, that's Menashe and Makas Bechayres, the outcry of the people screaming, that's Mina Aretz. So Mida, Kenegin, Mida, one was from Mina Shamayim and one was from Aretz. 
Then we have, then we have the smell. So smell was that the dever that they breathed in the contaminated air and that the land stink after all the frogs died. So the contaminated air, that's Menesha Mayim. That's coming down, contaminated air. And the land stinking, Vativash Ha'aretz, because all the frogs died, now Vativash Ha'aretz, that's the land stinking. So again, one smell from Shamayim, one smell from here. Now, what about taste? Let's see if we could do this. We have Maka of Arbe. The Arbe came from where? The Arba came from the heavens. It says the wind blew them in. So they're like flying in, flying locusts. So that's Menashamayim. And the other one was Dam that they couldn't drink. That's down here on the ground. That's that the water turned into blood. So one's Menashamayim and one is Menadam. Then the last one we have to do is touch. So touch was Kinim, Kinim and Shechin. So very good. Shechin was Yerim Menashamayim. That was the whole thing. It descended. That was the way the whole thing. Moshe threw up the, the dust and invited it. Descended down as as the as boils and 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 so that's Menashamayim and the kingdom came from the land right the lice came out of the ground so we did it all we have to get, get the cheshbon down Clark but just one second so we have all five senses being punished very clear and they're punished in a dual in a dual way each one is more as one that's Menashamayim and one is Menaris and then it's just up to us to categorize it yeah was it the onesh of Arav that itself was right so, so so right exactly and that that's where. I, I was wondering if I'm pick that up. He's taking Aro being Kafel, that's all the Medrash says, and he's saying all the Makos have that concept, and then he just stops. So I'm trying to explain <laughs> that it's like he's showing you there's a concept here, and the concept now plays out by, bo- by, by, by all Makos. Not that every Maka had both. It's not shot, you know, Dam was Minah Shamayim and Aris, but it means Dam worked together with Arbe. Like everything had its counterpart. As they came in teams, there were, each sense was attacked by two makas together. Now, you're right. It's interesting. Why then did Arav have to have the wild animals, just let Arav work with, with Choshech? Like, that's what was bothering me a little bit. Like, why by Arav specifically does it have both in it itself, and the other nine are left with just working together with their team? I, I didn't, I was struggling with that a little bit. But I think, I think we're learning right shot in terms of what he's trying to do. Notice he's trying to show the concept by Arav that power was chata mina shamayim adam, and therefore had a dual punishment in Arav. One was from heaven, one was from earth. He's saying that concept applies broadly in makos, that some makos were mina shamayim, one mina aretz. And that explains why it's five times two. Why not just have five makos? The teretz is because it's a, it's a punishment in his senses, but it should attack in both mina aretz, umin hashamayim. Okay, that's until now. I mean, talk about creativity and what, he's, what he just did. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. Now the next part gets a little bit spiritual, very spiritual stuff here. So let's see if we can uh, we can we can take this in. So a little introduction is that the Indian of reach of all of them, the reach is the one that's the most spiritual, the sense of smell, right? We have that thing we smell the besamim, We always say right that's this Aza the Gemara says that the only sense that the neshama has enjoyment from, that no, nothing in the body does, is smell. Smell is intangible. Smell lingers. All the, all the unique characteristics about smell, uh, in contrast to the other things, it represent that it's much, it's, a, it's like the highest, the highest madrega, so to speak. It's the, it's the highest of the high. And we're going to go back to that pasuk, by Dawson and Avir. Remember, ma, um, remember Moshe tried to get Paro to give in, and Paro says, no, I'm going to make it worse, right? That's the end of Parsha Shmos. So what's the response of Dawson and Avir? What have you done? Asher hev ashtem You've made our smell now stink in front of Paro. So we're going to talk about what's this Indian of our smell, our sense, and what exactly is unique about the reach. So he goes on, Lefi. They said that you made our smell into a repulsive thing. It sounds like what they're saying, therefore, 
Um, it sounds, oh, I'm sorry. I skipped, I skipped a paragraph. I'm sorry. Before we get there. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now when we get to the, to the, the redemption of Kali Yisrael, we all know we have five cups at the Seder. The fifth cup is not as much as an obligation as the other four. This week we're going to talk about the union of the but just for tonight's purposes, he's, he's quoting deep things. That's a Lashon Rambam, what he's quoting. And then most people aren't familiar. They just know those Kaisal Yo. The name Kaisal Yo only developed in the 1700s. Until the 1700s, there was no such reference as Kaisal Yo. There was a Girs in the Gemara Sachem that there's a fifth coast that Reptarfan held of. It was a Machlikas Rishinim if we him like Reptarfan. And because we didn't know what to do, so we fill up the cup. It's a suffix if you drink it. The Ramah says that there are those who do whatever. Some in different Minhagim developed about what to do with it. But the Rambam, what he's quoting in the Psach, is that a person should have a fifth cup. The Roshan Rambam is, but it's not as much as a Chova as the other four. So the way we always say it, you know, when next time you go and you hear a Torah about the significance of the four Kaisas, really, there's a lot of depth of the Torah about the five Kaisas. Maybe we're going to figure out tonight the depth of that. What's the Indian of having a fifth Kais that's not as much as a Chayva? You have four cups that are a Chayva, there's a fifth one. And we all know it's Kenegadu Lashenis Agula, but there's a fifth Lashen Agula as well, Vehevesi. It's all there, all the facts are there, but for some reason, the fifth cup is like it's, um, it's elusive. You know, it's like you can't, you can't get to it, you can't take it down, you can't drink it. But it's present, it's there. So what's the Indian of having five cups, four of the five are drunk, and then the fifth is not as much as an obligation. So now what he's getting into is, is this Indian of what the reach represents, the smell represents. You have made our smell bad. And what he's trying to say is that it's your fault. You approach power, you're trying to get us out. And now the workload is even getting stronger. So, so basically what it's saying is that you're, you're setting us back. You're sending back our sense of smell is what they're saying. This smell, and this is an interesting idea, this fact that Klal Yisrael's smell was not Mesuk and Lagama. Let me just explain a little bit before, before we, that's a little bit hard. The Indian of Avashtim Esrechenu is that Dasan Aviram basically said like this, what's Pshat you failed? Moshe, you went, you tried to make things better. It's a getosnish. And just the opposite, power made it worse. What's the Indian? It means that the Ma'ar Madrega, there's something that our, most of our senses are ready to be nigal. We're mostly ready to go. But the highest level where all of us is ready for Geula, it's not there. And that represents the Koyach of smell. The Klal Yisrael reached many levels, but the level that, there's, the, that the smell was mesukin, that it was ready to go out of Mitzrayim, that didn't happen. By virtue of your failure, the fact that you went to go and you were set back, it, what I see is that within the Geula process, it happens from the setback of what our smell is. In other words, we're able to maintain a certain madrega, but we're pushed back a little bit from the fact of Ashtim Esrechinu, and only then do we leave. But it seems that the Geula almost happens, particularly through a setback on what our highest madriga is. And he develops that, that not only was it a setback, but in a certain way, it was simen the gu'ula. It was actually the simen. It's what caused the redemption. What does the Pasuk say? That there's great arrogance, and that always comes before destruction. That the idea was, power was, became more arrogant by Moshe's request. And that's what ended up being the catalyst that we actually went free. Ah, power set you back. It didn't go. Now it's going to work. Only now, after the pride has peaked, 
Power has reached the, the, the madriga that he thinks he could say anything because whatever you say, he's going to make it worse. Dafka in that moment, Tira, now you're going to see that from his huge destruction of power, you're going to become Geula. So basically what he's trying to say is that the fifth cup is going to relate to Hiv Ashtem That it has this smell. There's this highest madriga that a person can ever reach is the Nekayach from, from, from something to smell. In this case, it did not, we did not get it. We were not in that madriga. Power's pride raises higher and because he rose so high that he saw, in other words, he felt our, we weren't on the level of smelling on the high, the level we should, boom, he was too arrogant and that's where everything, his destruction came from and that's what caused our geula. But, now we're going to put this together. Therefore, the fifth cup symbolizes the madrego we couldn't reach. The fifth cup represents a future geula. Meaning in Mitzrayim, we went to Paro. And when he, initially we went to Paro, the reach was nishkut. And therefore, Paro's pride raised. Because he saw, we're not on the level. The reach is nishkut. The Jews are, the level of smell is no good. He gets higher. He gets higher. That's how we ended up being saved. But we see in Mitzrayim that the smell was not good. Therefore, it becomes the elusive thing, the thing we weren't able to attain. We weren't able to attain that. And therefore, it becomes the simon of the Gula Hasidah. The true sign that Kali Yisrael didn't have every Gula that was going to happen. There's unfinished business, so to speak, is in the Reach, it's in the Neshama, and it's in the eventual fifth cup. So it represents what the future will be. Which will only be achieved by Mashiach. Why? What does Mashiach have to do with smell? So he brings his mamish preferish things in the Gemara. We know that Mashiach's superiority is defined through his supernatural sense of smell. What does the Pasuk in Yeshaya say? When it's talking about the best judge, it says that he is given a gift to sniff out the right judgment. We say that sometimes. You can sniff it out. But the Gemara says that when they had a false Mashiach, in the Gemara, the Gemara discusses that they did, hey, Mashiach is supposed to be able to smell the people or smell whatever the court case is in front of him and just know the truth. And they would test false prophets and they would realize, hey, you're not the real Mashiach. Moshe Baltkum and Kuzia. They says they did that to Ben Kuziva, who was a false Mashiach. He wasn't able to sniff out and judge. That's the Gemara in Sanhedrin. So basically, the, the power of smell represents the ultimate spiritual achievement. You're on the highest madrega that even with your smell, which is the whole highest thing, you're able to know what's going to happen. Now we understand. The fifth cup is something different than the four cups. Because the four cups represent all that we were able to attain in Mitzrayim. The four senses that we were able to achieve, that we were able to master. But the smell, no. That actually set us back. It set us back. Ironically, it caused the gula because it rose, power is pride raises. He gets too arrogant. You're too arrogant, then you lose the whole thing. But Lamaisa, we can't forget that. That's a, a, a very important point in what happened in Mitzrayim that our smell was not the way that it was supposed to be. So now it becomes, when we're thinking about smell, it becomes the elusive, the thing yet to come, the thing that only the future will bring, the thing that we look to Mashiach to be able to smell and to recognize. And now at the Seder, it's present because it's Geula, but we don't have it. Because it's still beyond us to a certain degree. That's the idea. However, now he goes back, and I'm sure you realize this was going to come, each one of the four cups respond, correspond to the other four senses. So the Kaisha, yo, the Gula, Asida, the most spiritual, the highest Madrega, that's the smell. But the other four correspond to one of the other four senses. And this one actually flows very easily. Actually, the fourth one's tough. But the first three go really well. Kiddush, that's all about sight. Why? What does Kiddush have to do with seeing? Two things. What does the Gemara say about Kiddush? Ha-Kiddush noise in Enav, There's a din. The Gemara is halacha. You're supposed to look at the kais. It's important to see it. 
There's the idea of Kiddush that you see. What's the din? As soon as it's dark, you have to run home and go make Kiddush. Kiddush is meant to be done when you see that the darkness is coming. So it has to do with the power of sight. You see the darkness, you're Mekadish. You see the Kiddush as you make it. The sense of sight is like an essential part of the mitzvah of Kiddush. And what else do you know? He doesn't say this, but come on. It's come out obvious to say. Oh, and what else? One more thing. What happens when, when, a, person, when a person gets Kiddush? When they look at the Kiddush, what does Mar say? What, you lose your eyesight from walking too quickly. And it comes back by looking at the Kiddush cup. It re- restores the eyesight. That's Mamash to Indian. You see, everything about it is essential that you see it together. The second cup is all about hearing. Because what's Magid? The second cup is Magid. Magid is all conversation. It's all dialogue. It's, it's boring, right? He talks. He listens. Somebody else says. It's all hearing. When we drink it, we've just listened to hours of, of, of the great stories of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So that celebrates the Koyach of Shmiya. The third one, obvious. The third cause of Birkas Amazon that relates to the sense of taste because you just ate the meal. It's Birkas Amazon. After we ate and we drank. Halal is a little bit forced. She says it relates to touch. Why? How does it relate to touch? Oh, so I was wondering that. Because it says kolatz meisai toimarna, I have that all the whole body. It's in other words, it's not just. It. But he goes a little bit of a different angle. Shegoyim was a halal. We finished the halal. The chsevei. One of the main themes in the gemira of halal is atzavim kesef izov. When we relate the difference between Hashem and the idols, what do we say? Atzavim kesef izov. We say they can't feel, they can't move, they have the legs but they can't walk. It's all about playing up. That they, they're dead. There's no sense of feel. There's no sense of touch that they have. So that relates to the Kaya Hamishosh, what it means to be alive, that you touch something and it responds only this. There's no substance to it. So the last one, Hala, represents the power of feeling. So again, Kiddush is seeing, Magid is hearing, Perkas Hamazan is tasting, Hala, uh, the fourth one is feeling. And then, the, and then the last one, the fifth cup, that's connected to the last name, Hashem Rachinu, the one that we weren't able to attain, the one that actually set us back, the Koyach of smell, which is only Lagula Asida, but we can only have glimpses of it here. All right, now that we're on five, now this is just throw in as much symbolism as fives that you can get. There are five stages that are listed in the Gemara when you have to guard the Matzah. What are they? Shask Sira. The Gemara, this is from the Gemara, it's just he's, making the significance in it. When you harvest the grain, you have to be careful no water falls in it. Shas Disha, when you thresh, that's when you pop out the kernel. Shas Tchino, when you grind. Shas Lisha, when you knead. Shas Safiya, when you put it in the oven. All those are the five stages that the Gemara enumerates that you have to be careful to make sure. L'shem mitzvah matzah, right? The Shemira has to take place in those five stages. Even look better at the symbolism. In the Mishnah Yisim it says that there are five grains you can make matzah out of. And there are five species of Mara which are identified in the Mishnah. All five. Wheat, spelt, wheat, barley, spelt, oats, and rye. Don't ask me what the Mara is. They're different types of endives and stuff. I'm not familiar with them. Chazer is a ocean, but the Mishnah has five things. What's the Indian? Why is everything five? Why are all the mitzvahs that we do, matzah, Mara, Deshmira, why is everything five? That when it comes to Pesach, a person is Nisgadish, you're sanctified, to serve Hashem with all five senses. The idea is, even before you end up, when you go to burn your Chomets, the whole point is that you destroy Yitzhahara and instead you elevate yourself. You have Kedusha, all the impure things. And stand to have the fence of Kedusha, with all five parts of his Neshama. That's a real 
single Indian of Kabbalah. There are different five parts of the Neshama. But the point is that it all relates to the five senses. The five senses represents the completion. All of you. All of your energy. The pshat is, we became sanctified when we left. We know 50 gates of Tumah. It's five sets of ten. Five sets of ten. The whole Indian, everything should be within five. We're going to do all the mitzvahs with five. The symbolism is five. Power was completely down with his five. He had the ten makos, the five times two that hurt him. And now we're in Iskadish on Pesach. Everything is with the Indian of five. He finishes off just a more with sets of five. It says in the Pirkei Rab Lazar, this is a medjish. Rab Lazar Oymer. There are five letters in the Hebrew alphabet that have different end letters, right? You have the, the Bez. I'm sorry. You have the Chaf. We have the Chaf Sofis, a Mem Mem Sofis, a Nun Nun Sofis. You have Tzadi Sofis and you have a Pei Sofis, right? Those are five. Five letters have that. Kulam Yisoyed Gula. Those are bases for the Yisoyed of Gula. So what is the Pshat? So he doesn't quote the whole thing here. But just to say it a little bit quickly. Lech Lecha has two Chafs. Two, that's the Chafs of Feast. That's for Avram of Avram Vina was saved from more costume. Then we have Yitzchak. It's, that's the Mems. Lech Me'imanu Ki Yitzamta Mimenu. Hatzileni Na from Esav. We have Pakot Pakad Yashem by by, by Mitzrayim, and then eventually the Tzadis are by Zechariah, he just doesn't quote the whole Medrash, but the bottom line is, each of the Sofit are referred to about a Geula, and that's what everything comes down to. We, can't, we don't have the time to finish, but I'll just read you the last, last thing that he says, which is that, that the Gematria of Haggadah is 17, if you multiply that by five, in other words, you use the Haggadah, you have the power of Haggadah, if you multiply it by five, it equals pay. It equals Pesach. It equals 85. The Kayach of 85 is what Pesach is all about, right? Pesach. The whole point is to be able to speak, to be able to relate. So the Haggadah times five. Everything that we're trying to do with the Haggadah is times five. So bottom line is, make a summary of this. He took a huge Indian of the Makis, understanding how power was in with all five senses, how each one of the Makis comes with a pair to attack one. One was in Oshamayim, one was in Aretz. Understanding that whole Indian. Then understanding specifically what the Kayach of the five Kaisis are and what the Kayach of smell and why that one is part of it, but not as much of a Chayva. Understanding what the Indian of smell is elusive. And then just down elaborating on how the theme of five is so dominant on Seder night and us becoming a Scottish.